0: Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to So Good So Far Podcast. I'm Jackie. I'm Nicole. Nicole and I are coming at you about less than a foot apart.
1: We're recording literally on the same mic, which we do when we have guests, but it's, it's weird. so we different because we're trying to talk to <laughs> each other right now.
0: I know, we're trying to talk to each other. and We, we need like a
1: mirror. It's like sitting on
0: the same side of the booth. It's just not <laughs> supposed to be done. It's
1: not, it's not supposed to be
0: done. Do not add us. Yeah, it's just because for some reason our one of our mics just all of a sudden broke down and was like no I'm okay yeah. I'm not gonna work anymore yeah I'm for no. for no reason mm-hmm. literally none
1: so we're dealing with that yeah and now we have to sit extremely close and Jackie probably still has COVID <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to this week not much just working and ignoring all of my other responsibilities so that's been really fantastic for me really all I've been doing is working and then I have had so much going on after work every single day like we recorded a different episode one day and I was like hanging out with friends another night I was went over to this girl's house another night who I might be living with so it's just been a really crazy week where I've not done anything like to take care of my responsibilities or my health and it's showing (laughs) in my apartment in my Skin. Your apartment isn't actually that messy. I feel like I've seen it way messier before. You probably have. It's it's not gray right now. But what have
0: you been up to? Similarly, I have not been taking very good care of myself. Like, I was just thinking the other day, I spent, like, probably an hour to two hours repotting plants and, like, making sure they were good, trimming them, watering them, all the stuff. And I was like, I literally take better care of my plants than myself. <laughs> It's Honestly like, it's easy it's to bad. do. It's so much easier. It's like I know exactly what they need and I need so much. I'm so <laughs> high maintenance. <laughs> so I've uh. just been taking care of my plants. I didn't even realize this though but the last episode we did an intro and with all the COVID craziness I didn't even realize that I didn't mention that I got a
1: job. Yes we're so excited. <laughs> we literally it, didn't even bring it up. I yeah, forgot because, that that happened.
0: Because what happened was that the day after I got the job, I got COVID. Yeah. The day after or like, honestly, that day was the first day that I really was experiencing symptoms of like tiredness and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's just funny that like, I literally got COVID like the day that I got a job. So yeah, that was kind of my main focus. But yeah, I'm now working at the library, which is really great. I just love working at the library. So it's really fulfilling and people are really nice. I'm around books, which I love. And it's just a one of the only jobs I've ever liked so Mm -hmm. yeah so I'm just getting ready
1: for that I will just have had my first day after this is released so so yeah it's gonna be a long episode today we are talking about money it's episode episode 20 20. (laughs) talking about money Um, I don't know why we get such a kick out of that yeah it was worth it to move our schedule around to make this happen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> believe us when we say we did after covid and all this stuff mm-hmm. so yes yeah, so we are talking about money managing money in your 20s oh, most people I know in their 20s struggle with managing money from the time they get out of college or in I mean in college I struggled too but from the time you graduate high school until you really start to get it together maybe like in your late 20s early 30s that just seems common to me but it's obviously not everybody it's definitely me definitely
0: jackie <laughs> yeah first of all i just want to say this is our take on money and what we have learned from experience and failing a bunch and a bunch we, yeah we aren't <laughs> we are in no way financial advisors this isn't even really going to be advice that much i mean there will be some advice but it's more just we've learned some stuff and I know that I wasn't taught any of this stuff from when I was a kid. I wasn't taught anything about money, taxes, insurance, any of that kind of stuff when I was a kid. And so I had to figure out figure it out all myself. And so if you're someone that that has happened to where your parents didn't really fill you in on anything, this was a really good like baseline of maybe stuff that you didn't know. So maybe you'll learn something and it'll help you. Yeah, like how,
1: more. Mm-hmm, like how we've we've made it this far, which to be honest, I'm very surprised, shocked even. To start out, I think we kind of want to talk about like how people get in, themselves into these situations. For me specifically, it was A, I have some student debt, but I'm really thankful to not have a lot. But the big thing for me was that when I was in college, I was paying on my own bills. And because I was struggling with it, really hard because I didn't know how to manage my money I opened a credit card and that was a huge mistake I just didn't think it was that big of a deal I got this super low rate college credit card I was like this will be fine I'll pay it off I won't even use it blah 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 blah. that's what you say and then next thing you know you're in a pinch and you put your entire rent on it which wasn't even that much at the time basically the bottom line is that I had no self-control when it came to money it wasn't I didn't have a spending problem but like I, I mean, didn't. Try that's not to. something that
0: you have when you're in college. Is like control. Is what no, I'm saying. exactly. You, you don't, you don't know young, what that means or understand that. So. Yeah,
1: you just think, oh, it'll be fine. Oh, I'll deal with it later, and you don't realize that like later is gonna be <laughs> is gonna come eventually, and you can't just put it off forever. So the main thing that people struggle with is credit card debt and student loans mm-hmm. when they're in their twenties because they got a credit card when they were young and they just kept spending on it because they didn't think about the consequences or they have a ton of student debt, which is like to no one's fault. It's just how it is to get a college degree.
0: There's also a third problem because I don't even have a credit card now. In student debt, my mom is helping me pay that off as well. And so I haven't, it's something I worry about, but not as much as other people who just have to take it on alone. There's a third thing where it's like, I'm the type of person where I really want to travel and you know have good experiences and stuff like that and when you don't have a lot of money it's hard to figure out like how to do those things and then also if you're like us you don't want to be in a job that you don't like or you know maybe you've been like laid off because of the pandemic or something like that Uh, if you don't like have a job or like money coming in at all then it's really hard to uh, manage your money you super, don't have any. Super hard <laughs> to manage money when you don't have any money. Um, really
1: hard, guys. That is the main source of having money problems yeah. is not having money. Yeah. And
0: uh, also a huge thing is that I didn't know a lot of this money stuff until like the last year and a half. And because I've been like between jobs and then the pandemic, I haven't really been able to put a lot of money practices that I've learned in place. Yeah, a lot of... Some of this stuff is just, like, theoretical. But I know that from, like, experience and talking to people that it's worked, so... Yeah. Yeah, so with that being said, that kind of disclaimer, we're going to just first start off talking about
1: the your overall money mindset. Mm-hmm. How you view money, how money affects you emotionally, how you think about money. That's kind of the big... Thing to start looking at first because I think a lot of people want to be like their first reaction is I just need to make more money that's mm-hmm. almost always it I always had that reaction I was always like well I'm just not making enough and finally someone said to me they were like you're making enough you're not living within your means you're thinking of money as something that's controlling you and you don't have control over it and you're letting money become this huge source of guilt and, shame and I mean, I feel it every single time I make a purchase, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Even if it's groceries, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have spent that money. (laughs) And so I think if we start looking at it differently, your ideas will start to change. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's like kind of similar to food. A lot of people are like, food controls me, not the other way around. And that's like all they think about. And everything they put in their body, they, you know, Mm -hmm. feel guilty about. I think money can be the same way is that if you don't dig deeper into what your thoughts are around money then you're just gonna keep making the same mistakes over and over no matter how much money you make no matter if you have a budget you know no matter what loans you're paying off or have paid off it's always gonna be the same problem if you don't think about how if you don't change how you think about money
1: Mm hmm so I think the first thing to do that is to start asking yourself you know what is my mindset do i do i think i can spend money that i don't have because that was my problem is i that was i always had a backup i always had my credit card so if i knew oh i i don't have i only have enough for rent but my friend just asked me to go out i was like well i can just put it on my credit card and that thing happened over and over and over to the point that my credit card was completely maxed out Mm -hmm. it's maxed out right now if anyone wants to <laughs> um, <laughs> which is crazy because I haven't used it all year, and that's the beauty of interest, my friends. So once you start saying, I don't have to make more money, I have to live within my means. Of course, that's not the case for everybody. Some people are making absolutely terrible wages, and, you know, yeah. side note, the minimum yeah. wage should be raised.
0: But if you're not even making enough to like live, then you can't live within your means because you
1: can't live right. And it's like, this is not an episode to be like, you just need to figure out how to stretch $10 the whole week. Like, no, this is just for people who have a hard time with spending and have a hard time with feeling in control of their money money and like their money isn't in control of them.
0: So, So yeah, not to say, yeah, your money problems may be completely valid if you're like, I'm not making enough at all.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, that and then also we're obviously speaking from our experience, like Jackie said and we're both 20-something single women. We don't have children. We're not married. Um, so we're not speaking to anyone's experiences who like have children to support or have two incomes or something. You know, it's like we're just speaking from being single, being in our 20s, having debt maybe or, you know, just trying to figure it out. So just to say that, that this is in no way to discredit anybody who is struggling financially, and it's really outside of like their control.
0: Yeah, and if that is the case, I'm so sorry, and I do hope things will get better for you. Yeah, so that that
1: being said. So another way that you can start to change your mindset around money is to know that when you just have a little bit, you will always spend it. Because you're like, well, it's going to go away anyway. There's not enough to pay for all the things I want to pay for. So I'm just going to get this one thing. Basically, that's what I do. And it's definitely subconscious. But the more I start to build up money in my account, I start thinking, oh, I don't want to spend it. I want to see how much more I can save or invest. Basically, when you have a small amount of something, you have a scarcity mindset where you're like, I only have this much. So this is all I can spend, so I'm going to have to spend it.
0: There's not even that much. You know when you have chips and then there's only like a few chips in the bottom and you're like, okay, I'm just going to finish these because I only have like five yeah. chips at the bottom instead of saving them even though you're like full and you don't want to eat anymore and you know that you like shouldn't be eating anymore. But if you have like a ton of chips in the bag, you're just going to be like, oh, I'll just save these for later. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty left for another serving. Yeah, exactly. So true, guys. <laughs> with the scarcity mindset, I, I mean, okay, so with money – A lot of the beliefs that you have come from the way that you grew up, the way that your parents think about money, and, you know, that's, like, super personal, so I can't even begin to guess, like, what you, as a listener, have gone through with money, but it is completely true and within your ability to think about money as something that can come to you, something that isn't limited even if you have a job that's, like, salary and, like, you, like, can't get overtime or whatever, there's still always possibilities of where money can come from. There's other ways that money can come to you.
1: Like, ma- like, manifestation. Mm-hmm. Manifestation, yeah. exactly.
0: I think a lot of people have this idea that money is bad. And, yeah. like, it corrupts or it causes problems. They have this these negative feelings around money. And money isn't, like, inherently negative or bad it's more like neutral and it's just like whatever you plan to do with it. It can also be a security blanket. You know, so it can be good or bad, but if your feelings are always negative towards money, that's never going to serve you well.
1: Yeah, so I think it's best to reevaluate. Yeah, reevaluate, reprioritize what you're spending your money on if it's not ultimately that important, then it can be it can be let go of. It doesn't You know, if you can start saying, "Oh, this, if something is really important to you, like your daily latte from Starbucks, don't say, I'm not going to get that anymore. It's like, well, then that's just going to make you feel like, again, going back to the scarcity mindset, well, I can't have it. Yeah. So, but, but you could also reevaluate and be like, you know
0: what actually would be better is if I bought all the stuff to make my own and I could save money that way. Instead of thinking that you're losing something think that, oh, I'm gaining more money by doing this and right. you know, getting almost the same thing out of right. it. right So first we just want to touch on student debt because I feel like a huge reason why millennials are so stressed out about money is because we have this impeccable student debt that, that no generation before us had to deal with. It's something that weighs on us immediately from the second that we start adulthood without even getting a chance to get our legs underneath us. Obviously don't go to college.
1: Obviously. <laughs> college is a myth. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> for some things though, it really is. There's like a lot of things that you can do while you're in
0: college just to like keep in mind. And and if you're going back to school for like master's program or something like that. If you're gonna take out loans, be sure to take out federal loans rather than private loans. That was one of my biggest mistakes with student debt because I didn't understand how loans work at all, but looking at it now, federal loans, uh, once you once they kick in after you graduate, federal loans can be repaid, um, and they will make you pay based on income level, so it will be adjusted to you based on how much you're making, which is seems a lot more fair than just having to pay for private loans, which can be a lot more even if you're unemployed. Then also federal loans are eligible for forgiveness and private loans are not. So if you're going to get a loan, I suggest getting a federal loan and just doing as much research as you can because there's also private loans out there that maybe are eligible for forgiveness and might be better for you, but they're all different. So just do your research. And then if you are still in college, paying off the principal loan is really helpful because your interest doesn't kick in until after you graduate you will be able to put money towards that actual loan and that way yeah it's not just going towards interest yeah exactly so that way when you do graduate college the interest you pay will be less because the loan the loan will be less
1: right that's another huge thing is just like making sure that you're paying above the minimum payment i don't do it because well i'm simply broke But it is the right thing to do because otherwise you're literally just paying off the interest. You're not paying off the loan. So if you make over your
0: minimum payment, if you like keep making more than your minimum payment at some point, you might receive something that'll say, oh, you don't have to pay this month. Like your balance for this month is zero because, you know, you already paid off that month. If you paid more than your minimum payment, still keep paying even if it says zero because, you're just going to keep paying that off more and more and pay that interest down. Right.
1: So there's like a few approaches to paying off debt. Um, These are just some that I've like read about in the past or that are just kind of common. Like I'm sure Mm -hmm. a lot of people have heard of these. There's a few different ones. The first that's pretty commonly known is the snowball effect. So you'll pay your small Debts first to get the ball rolling. Like basically, you have you know, say you owe your parents three hundred bucks or something. Whatever, pay that off. That's off your plate. That's completely gone. Now you feel like you Mm -hmm. have a little bit more momentum to pay off your Ulta credit card that has a thousand dollars on it. Mm -hmm. Okay, you pay that off. Now you're like, okay, maybe I can pay off now my five thousand dollars on my regular credit card because you start feeling like, okay, that three hundred is off my plate. That one thousand is off my plate. Now I can just focus on this one.
0: Yeah. Kind of like taking them one at a time. And then also it's really good if you like feel really
1: overwhelmed by them. It's it's easy to get started by doing that. If Mm -hmm. you try to like just tackle the biggest one or all of them at once, you're just going to feel so overwhelmed. It's not going to end up even happening. Um, there There is another one that's to pay off the largest one first. That way you're like, okay, the biggest one's out of the way. That's an option. It's kind of more your preference if you feel Mm -hmm. like you can tackle that. For a lot of people, that does feel too overwhelming. Like, I just can't tackle this one. This is just too big. I'm going to try to pay off the smaller ones and then this one. Mm -hmm. And the last one... Which is
0: probably the best for your
1: future self. Is to pay off the debt that has the highest interest rate first. You're going to save more money over time by doing that. that's going to be the most financially responsible, but... That might not be ever like again might, how we' ta- might be
0: too overwhelmed
1: right how we talk about having a different mindset around money if you don't feel like the one with the highest interest is just doesn't feel doable at all you're like it's okay you can start with the smallest one but mm-hmm. ideally you should pay off the highest interest rate first because you are just compounding interest so much on that loan mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely like focusing on like credit cards
0: credit card debt first because credit cards have like the highest interest rate usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Student debt usually has kind of lower interest and it's a huge sum. So honestly, focusing on that one last and you can pay the minimum balance, obviously, for a little while until you finish like paying off a credit card debt, I think is the best way because you're going to save money by paying the highest interest first. And then eventually when you tackle your student debt, you're like, okay, this is the only thing that I have to focus on Mm and it's a giant, but it's the only giant Yeah, debt. Student
1: debt's like the boss of debt. Yeah. But the final boss. It is. It's usually the highest, but credit cards have so much interest that mm-hmm. it's like, you should try to pay off a credit card first. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think the main reason that I got into so much credit card debt is because I would use it, like I said, to go out. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Whether or not. Sorry. <laughs> Jackie's COVID has come to the <laughs> podcast. the COVID has joined the chat. Um, um, yeah. I, Nicole's always like... I live like I have a ton of money. Like I have a disposable income. <laughs> not, Sorry. <laughs> not anymore because I don't use my credit card anymore. It's still maxed out, like I said. <laughs> <because> <laughs> She's like the only reason I... <laughs> <laughs> not doing it because I literally can't. I literally can't. But they won't give me another but, credit card. No, what people will do is open another credit card. I yeah. would never do that. That's literally the worst thing you can do. If your credit card is maxed out, open another one. That's horrifying. Do not do it. Even I wouldn't do that. And that's saying something. So, <laughs> so basically, yeah, I would go out and spend all this money on my credit card or whatever. I'd spend all this money somewhere that I didn't have, and then I'd have to use my credit card for something mm-hmm. else or whatever. So, did you have, like, a budget during that time? Absolutely and you went not. over.
0: Yeah, I think, like, that's a huge part would- of it, is that, like, if you don't have a budget and you don't know how much you have to spend, you'll just be like, it's fine,
1: I can just spend, I, you know, like, you don't have any, like, idea of it's just like how kind much of- you're
0: overspending.
1: Yeah, it's so ambiguous. I would always think, like, oh, well, this is just like $8.73. I don't even, that's just like, whatever. That's just like not even anything. I would treat everything like that. I would never, I don't ever look at how much anything costs. I don't look at the price. I don't like price compare at the grocery store. Yeah. Insane. I just get the one that I want. Basically, I would just spend money, like Jackie said as if i was rich as if i had a disposable income i would just put it on my credit card i would not budget anything i would make a budget like randomly one day i'd be like i'm gonna make a budget and i'm gonna be better like always wanted to be better just in general in life i've have I ever done it no i always want to be better with my money so, I would sit down and make a budget and be like, "This is how much I need for this and this and this, and okay, here's what's left for me to spend on going out doing fun things with my friends whatever i I think though part of the reason why you don't want to do that is because you're so
0: in debt that you know that you will have to spend way less on that kind of stuff, like going out and
1: yeah i mean your i still I still do a budget now i oh, you do it now I make a budget, uh-huh. I don't stick to it." <laughs> that's the thing I'll write it all out I'll do it with my mom like also done with my mom she's an accountant she's like super into spreadsheets your mom's an accountant mm-hmm. the fuck is that look for <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't know that Jackie's like your mom's an accountant and you're still this bad with money um yes she's an accountant so she would always make these spreadsheets for me like try to really help me out it was completely it's completely lost on me until this year, I've been, I've really started to change my habits around going out, whether that's going out to eat, going out for drinks. I really have said, I'm only going to spend the money that I have, but you know, this is why we do episodes like this. No, um, totally. <laughs>
0: I mean, we choose episodes based on what we're struggling with and money is one that we wanted to do for a while. Is honestly probably the first one we could have done because it's the thing that we struggle with most, but truly, um, <laughs> I don't even budget right now because i have nothing to spend like there's no budget because i don't have any income so it's like i don't have any outcome either i shouldn't have any outcome so it's like i know that i have to pay rent i know that i have to pay utility i know that i have to pay utilities i know i have to i know i have to pay for food but like other than that i just literally don't have any room for anything so i don't even budget right now Mm -hmm. however i have budgeted in the past and have done some research on budgeting to find the best solution And there's three that I really like. Um, And it kind of depends on who you are, what your feelings about money is. One that I think would be like really good for someone who doesn't really know what they're spending, like Nicole. Yep. (laughs) Is like called TEP, which is, stands for track every penny. And this is a really good, like very beginner budget to, if you don't understand. Jackie's like, if
1: you're a fucking idiot like Nicole. (laughs) If you have no concept of money.
0: So Tracking every penny is just literally what it sounds like. You spend something, you write it down. And to the scent of exactly how much money you've spent and where you spent it. And it works really well if you categorize it, like if you put it under food, under rent, under going out and stuff like that. And even with this budget, you don't even have to limit yourself on stuff. It's more of like an observing type of budget at first where you just kind of see what you're spending. Because if you don't even know have no concept of what you're spending, of how much you're giving to like going out or Mm -hmm. anything like that versus like what is coming in, then this is really good to understand that.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: It's it's a good taking off budget.
1: Yeah, that's like the first thing you should do. But this is a really good place to start when you are first trying to get your debt under control and start managing your money better is to just (laughs) look at where your money's going. Because for a lot of people, they just spend and spend and spend. And they're like, oh, it's just a little here, a little here. Well, that adds up. A lot of people, I don't know any of this. <laughs> like, not me, <laughs> but everybody else. <laughs> like,
0: I think, though, what something to be mentioned about this type of budgeting is it's going to be fucking painful. Yeah. Like, it's going to be so painful to, like, look at it and be like, I spent how much on coffee? Right. I spent how much on going out? I spent how much on this one drink? Yeah, it's going to be painful, but it's going to be a really good wake-up call to understand how much you spend. Yeah, next month you can kind of go into something a little bit more limiting, which I think a good next step would be like the envelope method.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the envelope method, which is one that I've actually utilized before, it, do- it is really helpful. When I was a server, this was really helpful. So you're making yeah, a ton of cash. Well, nowadays it's like you get all your money on a card, but... There's still a lot of restaurants that pay your tips in cash. So if you're if you're making cash, if you're a server or a stripper or something like that and you're a lot of your money that's coming in is in cash, this is actually such a good idea. So you say you come home with 100 bucks and you have I don't know why I just forgot how to like divide 100 dollars. <laughs> I was going to be like you have six 20s, not right. Simply not right. This is why I'm such bad, good. this is why I'm in such bad debt. You take whatever, you split up your money, you divide up your money, you say I'm gonna put this percentage to food, this percentage to rent, this percentage to a trip I wanna go on, this percentage to bills. So you have all these envelopes, you write on them what they're for, and then you'll put in that percentage of money whenever you make it. This can work if you don't make cash. You can just go pull out cash. Obviously cash isn't as common nowadays, but I did do this and it was super helpful to just be like, okay, I know that all my rent money is in this envelope. I know that once my going out money runs out, I can't do it anymore. But you know what I would do as a dumb college student is that I'd like run out of my going out money and then a friend would be like, let's go out for drinks, like blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, okay. And I'd run down and like pull money out of the mm. rent envelope. So it's like, you, yeah, you have to be disciplined, which like, I mean, of course with everything, but you have to say like, I'm not taking money out mm. of this envelope because then you get to the first of the month and you're like, all my rent is in here. It's mm-hmm. so, it's fantastic. And you fantastic. didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Another kind of modified version of that that you can
0: do is just like stuff like rent, food, utility, stuff like that. Keep all of that in your actual bank and then only have an envelope for your going out money. Mm-hmm. And then once that money is gone, like you can't even use your card, like literally like leave your card at home or something like that and only use your cash that isn't in that envelope uh, for going out. If that's, if that's your biggest problem, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is a lot of people's biggest problem. It is. It's overspending on on going out, on
1: going out. Mm -hmm. It's literally going out to eat, going out for drinks. Mm -hmm. That's where all my money goes. I, I, I guess I should say this, but I don't spend money on like, I don't have a shopping problem. I don't spend money on anything that can't be ingested. (laughs) It's honestly so true. I won't just go out and be like, I need to buy, I need to go like to Target. I can't control myself in Target. I just keep buying like home decor. Like it's not, I don't have, I literally don't care about stuff like that. Might as well
0: just eat your money at that point.
1: I know. I might as well. (laughs) So, um, so it might just be
0: good just for that. Just using the envelope money just for that. Just
1: for going out to eat. That's where a lot of people spend their money. Mm -hmm. It's more for the, I think it's more for the experience. And that way you can't
0: really pull out from your like rent envelope. Right,
1: right, exactly. So the last budget
0: is the one that I think is the most effective and the one that I'm going to start using once I have an income. It's called the zero-sum budget method. And there's a lot of research on this and like a whole Reddit, I think. So like do more research on it if you're interested. But basically to sum up, the zero-sum budget gives every single dollar a job. Basically, you start out with the 50 30 20 rule. So, 50% of your income will go to needs, 30% will go to wants, and 20% will go to debt repayment and savings. That's kind of the recommendation. However, every single month you're gonna say, This is my income. And the way that the zero based budgeting works is that you're kind of using your last month as a model for this month. You'll budget out all of your needs. So, that's rent, groceries your bills insurance gas stuff like that that's all of your needs you're gonna budget all that stuff out okay and then whatever else you have left you're gonna put your credit card payments your student loan payments an emergency fund if you have one your retirement fund Things that are debt repayment and saving, you're going to budget all that stuff out and that should be around 20% as well. And then whatever you have left, subtract what's left and then divide it between things that you want. So like going out, entertainment, like going to the movies or stuff or something like that, going to concerts, clothing, stuff like that, about 30% of your income. So like say that every month you're like $200 for eating out, right? every month you have $200 for eating out no matter what. That's it. And because you have a budget for everything else, you don't really have room to be like, okay, I'm going to give more to that unless you're like, okay, I want to spend less on my travel fund this month by eating out more. And then, so since every single dollar has a job, you know exactly how much you're allowed to spend and how much you have left one thing that I really like to do though when it comes to eating out because I think that this is a weakness for me too but instead of like just like not paying attention to it I just tend to just not eat out at all and avoid it as much as possible because I always overspend if I do it so I just decided not do it but a good way to do it is if you say like okay I only want to spend like two hundred dollars a month on eating out well that's fifty dollars a week and doing it by week I think is much better because you're gonna, if you have 200 to spend, you're gonna do that. You're gonna spend all of that in the first two weeks easily. You know, it's like when you first get your paycheck, you're gonna spend all of it at once. And then by, by the end of the month, you're like eating tuna out of a can for every meal. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing that kind of thing monthly, it would be better if you're like, okay, every week I have $50 to spend. The reason why it's called zero sum is because. You start with your income and then ever, since every single dollar has a job at the end of it, there's zero sum left. There's zero dollars left that don't have a purpose.
1: Yeah. So you're never like, oh, I have this extra money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use it for this. Like, well, I have a little extra money. It's like, do you actually have extra money or or is that money supposed to be going somewhere?
0: Yeah. And that's really good if you have like a salary job and you know exactly how much you're going to be making every single month. Right. Because you aren't going to be able to like go outside of that budget at all. There's also a variation of if you're a freelancer or something like that or if you have a different amount of money coming in every single month, then you have something similar to this where you know exactly how much you have like to give to rent, to give to utilities, to go out, to buy on clothing, stuff like that. But any extra money that comes in, you reassign any extra money to pay towards a debt so mm-hmm. you focus on one debt and it's like okay well any extra money that i have off of that is going to that debt yeah so that i know that was really convoluted it's really one of the best methods for budgeting that i found and i would suggest doing more research okay. <laughs> you're like look I'm, it up i'm not a fucking financial advisor get a job god, <laughs> god.
1: get a job <laughs> the best thing to do is just get a job okay yeah so that yeah those are kind of the three main budget types that we think are super helpful and so once you start sticking to a budget or just even getting to a point where you feel like your money is more managed you've changed your mindset around money you feel like you're working towards your financial goals you you can also start focusing more on preparing for the future. It's hard in the moment when you have so much debt and so and it just feels so crushing. You're mm. like, I can't possibly think about the future. Yeah, but, if you're
0: living like paycheck to paycheck. The last thing you're worried about is like what's gonna
1: happen. Yeah, like in the, you're just like I'm just trying to get through 60, right now. You're like I'm probably not gonna be alive by then, so it's <laughs> fine. I'm definitely not. No. Um. So how you can start to do this is first of all, if you're young just don't if you're not financially stable you don't have a disposable income whatever just don't get a credit card if you can't pay it off every single month I never ever since I had a credit card have paid it off ever I've carried a balance the entire time it's terrible it's the worst way to manage your money living off of credit is not financially sustainable and it will catch up to you and if you especially like for me the reason I got it is because I was a broke college student I was paying my way through school and like paying on my own bills and I didn't have quite the income to do that as a student and even if I did I wasn't managing my money correctly to be able to do that so I got a credit card I was like well, I'll just use this for emergencies well next thing you know I use it for rent next thing you know I use it for going out and Long story short, it adds up and you can't you can't pay it off. If you're having to use it to pay regular bills because you don't have enough money, you're not going to pay it off. So you don't want it to become a crutch. You don't want it to become something that's a fallback for you. Um, if you're going to get a credit card, there's definitely benefits. There's a ton of rewards cards, things like that. Mm-hmm. If you're not carrying a balance. But the thing is, is that banks want you to carry a balance. That's the whole way that they make money. If you constantly pay it off every single month, they hate you. But there's nothing they can do about it. That's where like that
0: myth comes in. I don't know if it's a myth in this generation, but in the previous generation, there was a myth that you always had to carry a balance. Right. And that myth was just perpetuated because if you don't have a balance at all, then you don't get that good credit. You're not building up that good credit. So you want to spend on it, but you just want to pay the whole thing off during the month and you don't want to like carry a balance over to the next month. Yeah. You want to
1: spend on it but you don't want to carry a balance over. Right, because then there's no if you're not spending on it, why did you even get it? What's yeah. the point? The whole reason to get a credit card is to build your credit mm-hmm. and then of course you can get these like rewards cards like a travel card for example where every dollar you spend is a point and then points can be used to like buy flights. And so something like that is great if you can pay off your balance every month. So something you can do is set up automatic payments. On your credit card to pay like say your energy bill or your utilities bill or something that's a little smaller you set up automatic payments for that so your credit card pays it then you set up an automatic payment from your bank account to pay your credit card every month that's absolutely hands-off you don't have to do anything to and you're building your credit and you're getting points you're getting cash back whatever your type of rewards card you have that's when it becomes beneficial but it's absolutely not beneficial if you're just getting it as a means of having money that you don't have and living off of credit. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not sustainable, and you gotta, you gotta be careful.
0: Yeah, I think like a credit card always seems, when you're young, like oh, it's just like a way to spend money but without yeah, like, having have it. more money. Yeah, exactly. But it's really actually about building credit and it has nothing to do with free money or yeah
1: having, it's not spending free money, money. yeah spending that right money now. that you
0: don't have right now it's not supposed to be used for that if you want to have good financial health
1: yeah I think just be smart about it if you're getting a credit card you you just have to know why you're getting it and it can't be just because you need more money so another really great way to prepare for your future is to contribute to a 401k um or an IRA yeah
0: or like a Roth IRA. Yeah. So, 401k or an IRA account, what are the what those are pertaining to is a retirement fund. And that retirement fund compounds the interest really like compounds like a snowball and eventually when you're older, you'll have a ton more money in this account even though you only put in a little bit every month now. So, do you want to talk more about compounding interest?
1: Yeah, so it's something that I did not know. A lot about before I started my first salary position after college. And I got to talking about it with my parents, and they were like, You definitely need to contribute and you need to match whatever your employer is putting in because it's just free money. And compounding interest, you can just go online and look up like compounding interest calculator and put in your salary and then put in like what percentage you want to contribute, and it'll show you how much you'll have when you're 65. And it's crazy. It's crazy. When I was putting my numbers in, I was going to have over a million dollars. Retire with over a million dollars. Because the interest starts compounding exponentially. You can look at a graph. It's like an exponential graph that shows once it starts compounding, it compounds on itself. And you get interest on top of that interest on top of that interest. If you look it up, it's crazy how much money you can save for retirement if you just start it now. It doesn't matter how old you are right now. Just start it right now because... The sooner you start it, the more money you'll have. And if your employer is going to pay into it, that's literally free money. They'll match what you put in up to a certain percent of your salary, which is crazy. And as long as you're at the company long enough, you can like keep all the amount that they Mm -hmm. put in. I've met people who say, well, I just don't contribute to a 401k for X, Y, and Z reasons. Well, didn't you say you had some reasons that you had pulled up? (laughs) These are like the most common reasons.
0: Yeah. These probably cover most of the reasons like if you're not contributing to your 401k or if you don't have an IRA account right now the reason is probably one of these five maybe you think that you don't make enough money maybe you think you need to pay down your debt first maybe you don't trust the stock market Uh, maybe you just think like oh I'll worry about that in the future and it's not a problem for me right now or maybe you're just like I don't understand them and it feels overwhelming and I don't want to learn about them because I don't even know where to start that's kind of where I was was I just didn't really understand them and I didn't think that I made enough money to contribute to them that's like not the right mindset to go into thinking about contributing to a retirement fund if you think that you don't have enough money to start a retirement fund it's because you think that it's not a priority and something else is more of a priority if you're literally like all I can pay is rent and food well yeah, I understand that. Um, but if you have like any extra money that you're giving anywhere, see if you can just squeeze out even like $5, 10 to start a retirement fund because that's going to compound so much that even just like $5 is, is going to give you so much more money later on. And not to mention, it's a great way to start the habit. And then once you do start making more money, you will already have the habit of contributing to your retirement fund every single month so that you will eventually give more money to it. If you think that you need to pay down your debt first, well, the thing is that your debt will always be there and eventually you're going to pay it off. Mm-hmm. But if you, the later that you start your retirement fund, the less you're
1: going to have later on. It's hard to look so far in the future right now. You're like, oh, retirement, that's so far away. So you're just like, uh, I'll start my 401k when I'm like more financially stable. But yeah. it's like, you could just start it now. You could put in legitimately $10 a paycheck which is nothing, you could just put that in and you're not even going to miss it. If it just gets taken right out, yeah. that's even just the littlest amount. Then your employer will put in $10. Okay, that's $20, $40 a month going into your 401k. That's better than nothing. Yeah, that's just one drink every week,
0: like one cocktail every yeah. single week. That instead of getting that cocktail, you could have like probably $1,000 when you retire more.
1: Right, maybe and more, I don't know. Probably more. And the thing about it with a, with contributing to a 401k is you never even see that money so it doesn't feel like you're losing money you don't even see it and it's really hard to pull money out of that fund
0: you're never gonna like dip into it just in case it's just saving a bunch of money on the side that you won't even be able to access until you're you've retired and it'll just feel so good to have that in there and it's kind of like a safety net for the future so don't say that you'll worry about it in the future because then you'll be worried about it in the future yeah
1: yeah Great, great wrap-up to that part. Um, so there's a couple different types of retirement accounts. And Jackie knows more about those. <laughs> so there's a bunch of different kinds
0: of retirement funds. But the ones that are you will most likely need to know about at this time is is a 401k or a 403b. A 401k is pretty average. What most people... Contribute to with their job, so those are those are going to be ones that uh, your employer might match a certain percent. A 401k is for just your average job, and then a 403b is for nonprofit work. So if you have a 401k, the account is through your employer, and a big reason why I haven't started a 401k, even though I've had jobs that have offered them, is because I always thought like, oh, I'm gonna quit this job. Eventually, and I'm not gonna know what to do with the account. You can roll over that money to an IRA. You can also roll it into your next job, into your next job as well, if if your next job has a four hundred one k. So don't worry about like, oh, I'm not gonna be at this job forever, so I don't know what to do with it. That money is yours, no matter no matter what. Just because you quit the job doesn't mean that you're not gonna get that money. That retirement fund is yours. So even if you're in a temporary position start that
1: 401k the nice thing about your company paying into your 401k is that say you pay in five percent of your salary every month some it'll say this employer matches up to blank percent so say they match up to six percent you should put in six percent because that's what they'll match and they'll match exactly what you contribute so if you contribute six percent they'll contribute six percent of your salary as well the only thing that you do have to think about is that with that amount that they put in, a lot of companies have something in place where if you're only there for a certain amount of time, you only get a percentage of what the company put in
0: until you reach it. Until you reach a, uh, you reach length, a certain length of time. Yeah, a lot of times it's like
1: five years. That's like typical. That's what it was at my first mm-hmm. job. Was that if you're there for five years, you get to keep the full amount your employer put in. I don't know how it works with like being laid off in a pandemic. I don't know if I lost money on that. If you're there for one year, you might get to keep like 30% of the amount that your employer put in. You'll always get to keep the amount you put in. That's always yours. But there's this like vested amount and you get to keep a percentage of that. So say you're there for three years, maybe you get to keep 60% of that. You know, it just depends on the company. But that's something to know is like if you do leave after six months or a year, like you might not get to keep all that but the nice thing is that you will have Mm -hmm. already gained compounded interest on that so regardless it's so good
0: and you will have gotten some of their money and you will have started putting your own money in there so it's absolutely still worth it it's absolutely
1: still it's there's absolutely nothing that makes it not worth it Mm -hmm. that's just something to like so that no one's being misled and being like oh I for sure get to keep all that money even if I'm only there for a short amount of time a lot of companies have some sort of basically check and balance in place to be like well if you leave after this amount of time you only get to keep a certain amount of what we put in. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: so there's that's the 401k. However, if you have a job that doesn't have a 401k program or if you're if you're like self-employed or something like that, you can open up your own retirement fund through certain banks and places. And so there's just there's two types of IRAs that I know of. I know that there's more, but that's more complicated shit. A regular IRA in a Roth IRA, the only difference is, that I know of is that at a regular IRA, the taxes don't get taken out uh, up front, and then when you take out funds from your retirement funds once you're retired, then the, then you'll have to pay taxes on it. Um, a Roth IRA just you the taxes are automatically taken out up front so that you don't have to worry about that, and then everything in that fund you can spend once you're retired without having to worry about taxes. You can open up a 401k and an ira account have both of them open and be contributing to both and that would be if you're already contributing the max amount to your 401k and you want to have another account that you're contributing to on the side
1: you can also like if your company has a a 401k or they basically have a retirement plan like when i worked at my last company i contributed half of my contribution to an IRA and half to a Roth IRA. So, like, a lot of times you can choose even within the one account mm-hmm. that you have through your employer. You can choose, like, I did that just just to, like, diversify. I don't even, honestly, I don't know. But basically, <laughs> like Jackie was saying, some of it's pre-tax, some of it's post-tax. It's nice to have a couple different ones just depending on the market and all these different things. So I just did half and half. I honestly don't know what the right, like, thing to do it really is based on personal choice and how you want to spend your finances Mm -hmm. it's definitely worth looking into more but that's just like a basic yeah introduction into retirement plans and how they can be so helpful Mm -hmm. in the future
0: yeah so just to sum up the best time to start is now because you're going to get so much more money in the future if you have trouble like wanting to give money to a retirement fund or like save money at all I like to think of it as like I'm paying my future self. Uh, You know when you leave five dollars in your jeans and then you find it like later on and you're like, oh my god. God bless Friday, Nicole. (laughs) For leaving me five dollars in my jeans. Nicole left me five dollars in my jeans. Now I get to keep this five dollars that Nicole left in my jeans. Um.
1: I want that five (laughs) dollars back.
0: Shouldn't have said that. Um, But yeah, it's basically like that, but it's just a way longer payoff mm-hmm. genes that you've lost and are, have been returned to you 40 years later with compounded interest. With, and all of a sudden your genes have millions of dollars in them. All of a sudden <laughs> that went up quick. Yeah. So, so put that $5 in your gene, in your
1: genes and contribute to your 401k today. Yeah. Well, we just want to wrap up with some resources. This is kind of where We got a lot of our information. Mm -hmm. These are some things that we've read or things we've heard about or things we know that are really great resources. Um, This, of course, is not (laughs) the end-all be-all of financial knowledge. I'm sure you can tell. To get more information, you can definitely check out some of these resources. The first one, which I think is one of the greatest financial education books of our time, is I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. I think is how you say it. Um, I read that recently, and it is fantastic. It talks a ton about how to pay off your debt. It talks about, I mean, it's about all things money, basically about investing, about how to even speak to a your credit card company about how to increase your limit or how to push back a payment. Or you just have to start asking these questions. It's like if you never ask, you'll never know. And it's about Paying off your debt aggressively, and it has a ton of fantastic information. Another one, which I have not read, but I know is a great resource because I've heard from many other people, is the Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. It that obviously goes a lot more into what we talked about at the beginning, which is changing your mindset around money, how you think about money, and how that affects how financially stable you are. Uh, Another good resource is just like money TikTok. My brothers send me money
0: TikToks all the time and it's just a really great way for people who are good at money to just get short tips out there mm-hmm. that you would have no idea about and and I don't really go on like I don't like spend time perusing on YouTube so I feel like money TikTok it'll just show up on your feed or someone will send yeah. it to you so it's like it's really quick easy way to figure great out great tips
1: I've learned a ton of great tips oh, just right, on right. from a one minute TikTok mm-hmm. not even a minute TikTok it's like Great things to ask in a job interview. I mean, that's not really money, but it's like but from stuff like that, yeah. you know, it's like mm-hmm. just great tips that you're like, oh wow, good I call. Think about
0: that. Yeah. So
1: money TikTok, if you
0: can kind of get on that side of TikTok, I feel like that'd be really productive and helpful. Yeah. And then the book that taught me the most I know about money. Like I said, I my parents didn't teach me anything, and I had no knowledge of money coming out of college. So. About two years ago, I read this book called The Broke Millennial by Erin Lowry, and she also had a blog that is where she kind of like pulled a lot of the information from. So if you can't even afford a book right now, or if you don't really want to read a book, you can just go on her blog and she has a lot of the same information, but she um, breaks things down extremely simply. And it, so if you know nothing about money, this is a great place to learn just the very basics, and then you can build on top of that. And it, I just like didn't understand anything, and it really just helped me
1: understand that knowledge, that money knowledge. So, I really recommend that one. I think that's great. I should definitely read that. I should honestly read all of these books. Yeah, I should really try to be better. I say that every day, though. There's so many books we're, you can read. We're trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's You're too much to information man. overload. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, I want to learn, and the it's like too age. much the information error is just it's it's overwhelming overwhelming. overwhelming it It is all right well ready to wrap it up Yep. all right so
0: no segment today because it's a pretty long episode so leave me alone we'll be back next week with a guest you can find us at so good so far podcast you can find me at jackie's attic
1: you can find me at nicole Pilgreen, and we will see you next week bye bye (laughs)
0: It's like, if you're like, I need to be scarce now so that I can. not think scarce. That's it, is. right? Scarcity? Scarcity mindset? Why are you saying scarce?
1: <laughs> That's no. not a word. <laughs> I was like, maybe she's saying her A's weird. And then you said scarce. I was like, nah, sis. Nah. It's scarce. It didn't even sound weird It do weird be to scarce. <laughs> it's, the, it's the forgetting common words. Forgetting mm-hmm. the pre- pronunciation of common words. It's ADHD the- symptom. How did you know that? You told me. Did I? Yeah, you told me like a couple For, episodes forgetting ago.
0: Forgetting what I tell people's also <laughs> she <like, "What?"> said
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs>